right, Ms. Fellow, thank you for your comments to the court. Let me ask you at this time, Ms. Vallow, are you fully satisfied with the representation you've received from your attorneys throughout this case? Yes. Thank you. All right, the court will include then with my own review of the matter and then pronounce sentence. Uh, Ms. Fallow, based on the jury's verdict of guilty in this case, it is the judgment of this court that you're guilty of the following counts of the amended indictment. Count one, conspiracy to commit first degree murder of Tylee Ryan and grand theft by deception. Count two, first degree murder of Tylee Ryan Count three, conspiracy to commit first degree murder of Joshua Jackson Vallow and grand theft by deception. Count four, first degree murder of Joshua Jackson Vallow. Count five, conspiracy to commit first degree murder of Tamara Tammy Daybell. And count seven, grand theft. You carefully reviewed the record of this case beginning with your prior criminal history. Very notably, you're 50 years old. These are the first criminal convictions you've ever had. I will note, however, in addition to these convictions, you have two additional conspiracy to commit first degree murder cases pending in Arizona. And it's somewhat incredible in this case that uh, seeing you've gone from no criminal history in your life now having been convicted of two counts of first degree murder, three counts of conspiracy to commit first degree murder, and you continue to face more additional counts of conspiracy to commit first degree murder in another state. I've looked at the recommendations in the pre-sentence investigation report. It ultimately recommends a prison sentence stating, quote, incarceration under the custody of the Idaho Board of Correction. Normally, the court would have some additional information to rely on in fashioning its sentence, including the benefit of recommendations based on a gain evaluation, substance abuse report, mental health review, and other reports. However, you elected not to cooperate with the pre-sentence investigation. As I would note on page 23 of the pre-sentence investigation report, it states, quote, Lori Vallow-Daybell intends to remain silent during the pre-sentence investigation process. She has the packet, but does not intend to answer any questions of evaluators or investigators. Quote, no attempts were made to complete the court-ordered screenings due to her refusal. I'm advising you that that was your choice to not cooperate in the pre-sentence investigation, but it left me without some additional information that potentially could have been mitigating in your case. And as I proceed with the sentencing, I'll note those deficiencies in the information I normally would have in a pre-sentence investigation report. As has been mentioned by both sides here, the court has to consider certain sentencing objectives when I sentence somebody, and these are set out in cases including State versus Two Hill, which is a Court of Appeals case, 103 Idaho 565, and it's been adopted by our Supreme Court as well. And I have to consider four main objectives. Number one, the protection of society, which is the primary objective. 
two, deterrence of the individual and public generally, three, possibility of rehabilitation, and four, punishment or retribution for wrongdoing. That states or case states, moreover, it's clear as a matter of policy in Idaho, the primary consideration is the good order and protection of society. All other factors must be subservient to that end. I've also reviewed and considered the criteria set forth in an Idaho statute 192521 on the question of whether or not you should be confined to prison and to what extent. That statute sets out a variety of factors I have to consider in weighing whether uh, a long prison term here would be appropriate. Some of the attorneys cited already to some of the provisions of that statute. And again, it talks about the primary consideration of the protection of society and also talks about the impact on the victim, the possibility of risk reduction through rehabilitation and deterrence are also to be considered. There are some factors laid out in that statute that are not necessarily controlling, but weigh in favor against either imprisonment or in this case where imprisonment's required an extensive imprisonment term. Some of those factors under part two of this statute is the defendant's criminal conduct neither caused nor threatened harm, which is clearly not the case here, that the defendant did not contemplate the conduct would cause or threaten harm. Again, that would not apply here. The defendant's criminogenic needs indicate the defendant will benefit from supervision and treatment in the community. That's unavailable as community treatment can't occur with a minimum prison sentence required here. Another factor were there substantial grounds tending to excuse or justify the defendant's criminal conduct, though failing to establish a defense. I don't find those apply given the facts of this case. Other factors, the victim of the defendant's criminal conduct induced or facilitated the commission of the crime. That did not occur here. Another part talks about compensation, which I don't find would be appropriate here other than on the grand theft charge. Part G, the defendant has no history of prior delinquency or criminal activity or has led a law-abiding life for a substantial period of time before the commission of the present crime. That is the single most mitigating factor I see in this case. Uh, again, it's unbelievable that at your age, you have no prior criminal history, and now you sit here convicted of the most serious of charges. I also have to consider whether the criminal conduct was the result of circumstances unlikely to recur. Based on the evidence in this case, and in particular, considering the statement you just made to the court, I find it weighs against me finding in mitigation for that factor. And then finally, the character and attitudes of the defendant indicate the commission of another crime is unlikely or the defendant demonstrates amenability to treatment. So those are the mitigating factors. Then in aggravation, we have more factors to consider. Is there an undue risk that during the period of a suspended sentence or probation, the defendant would commit another crime harmful to another person? Would a lesser sentence depreciate the seriousness of the defendant's crime? Will imprisonment provide appropriate punishment and deterrent to the defendant? Will imprisonment provide an appropriate deterrent for other persons in the community? And a factor that would not apply here is the defendant a multiple offender or professional criminal. 
I don't have an LSI score, which is one value I can look at to help determine whether or not you'd be likely to reoffend. I don't have that because you wouldn't cooperate with the report. So considering here that you've lived a law-abiding life and for a long time, you were obviously a good mother, sister, daughter, and friend to many people. I have to take that into account. You've served a very long time of local jail, over 1,200 days, and the report is you've been a great inmate, never caused a problem for anyone in the jail. And you should be commended for that. And that also uh, shows that you are capable of that. I believe your counsel, when they tell me you're an intelligent person, up until all these events began to transpire, you've achieved goals in your life, you've done important things in your life. And I'd note that despite some of the comments here today, uh, I have found that during my interactions with you throughout this long case, including your trial, uh, you've been respectful of the court. Do we know what this beeping is that keeps going off? Sorry. All right, the court uh, will next consider, and I think it must be considered in mitigation that you do have mental health issues. I've dealt with those throughout the context of this case where there were commitment proceedings. I've reviewed those reports and have that personal information from having gone through the determinations of whether or not you were competent or fit to stand trial. The most current diagnosis the court has is from Dr. Watson from February of this year states you suffer from, and I'll quote, delusional disorder mixed type with bizarre content and hyper-religiosity, continuous and unspecified personality disorder with histrionic and narcissistic features. So obviously a very complex diagnosis that's been made here, whether or not that can or how it would be treated, I think by all accounts is unknown at this time. I've reviewed your personal history, including statements from your own immediate family members, and it's clear that something radically changed in you that led you to where you are today. Uh, in a statement made in the pre-sentence investigation report, your mother stated it perhaps best and said that you are not now, quote, the person she knew. The record in this case, including all the evidence I observed during the jury trial, indicates that if it wasn't already occurring, that this relationship with the co-defendant seemed to be a catalyst for the change. At this point, I'll note that I will not be making comments on any other co-defendants in this case, as your co-defendant is currently presumed innocent and awaiting trial. In some, there are significant mitigating factors the court has to consider here. When I consider you and your life as a whole, and that does make the case difficult. Typically, when I see somebody to be sentenced and they don't have a prior criminal history, they're given opportunities to first prove themselves on probation or avoid a lengthy term of incarceration. However, of course, some crimes are so serious that even with mitigation, there is no other reasonable option except for a prison term and a long prison term. And sadly, You've been convicted of and have committed the most serious crimes possible, and those crimes also require an equally serious punishment. 
So this is the part where I will consider what I think are the factors in aggravation. I went through those factors in the statute that I look at, and as I'll explain, I find that five of those factors weigh against you and in favor of a lengthy period of imprisonment. First, the case itself. I'll discuss that. There was a lot of pretrial litigation in the case. You decided to take your case to a jury trial. I will state and emphasize that I firmly believe it's the right of every person in our country to exercise their right to a jury trial and they're afforded the full due process of the law. It's been somewhat disheartening to me to realize that there are many people who think that they can predetermine a case and somebody shouldn't be afforded their full rights of due process before they are convicted of a crime. Well, I didn't make all of the rules that govern criminal cases, but I took an oath to uphold the rules that are there and I make every effort to ensure that people's due process is protected because that's an important duty of mine. Everyone has a right to be presumed innocent and everyone in, the criminal case, in a criminal case does have a right to a jury trial. Uh, sometimes I feel like maybe too many cases settle and there should be more trials because it's a right people are entitled to exercise. You exercise that right and I in no way hold it against you that you decided to have your case determined by a jury. That's your right, and it does not impact or influence my decision in sentencing. Before trial, I did not delve into all of the evidence or facts of this case and only address those when necessary to make rulings on motions because I wanted to keep objective through the proceedings and remain impartial. You were afforded all of your due process in this case, and ultimately after presentation of the evidence, a jury did find you guilty on all counts. I bring that up now because when there is a trial, I learn and see all of the facts along with the jurors. And that's a different scenario than when someone enters a plea and I'm only allowing argument in a sentencing and not sitting through the evidence as I did here. Having considered all of the evidence that I saw at trial along with the jurors, it's been a difficult task for me to narrow down and articulate all of the aggravating factors because really there are so many here. Murder is the most serious offense. And the most unimaginable type of murder is to have a mother murdering her own children. And that's exactly what you did. You were involved in and guilty of conspiring to murder another group of children's mother, Tammy Daybell, who had children of her own. And despite the jury convicting you with overwhelming evidence, you still sit here before the court today and said you didn't do it. You came here to East Idaho, where I've spent my life and moved here from another place already with plans in progress to make your children disappear. The evidence bore that out at trial. You removed your children from their home in Arizona, alienated them from friends and family, got rid of JJ's service dog. You moved to Rexburg, a community where you could find a thousand random families to take your children and you brought them here to murder them. You had so many other options. You could have gotten divorced. 
you could have found someone to take care of those kids. But as the state was able to prove at trial, you chose the most evil and destructive path possible. You killed those children, according to the state's theory, and I believe it, to remove them as obstacles and to profit financially. You justified all of this by going down a bizarre religious rabbit hole and clearly you are still down there. While you were enjoying your new life in Hawaii, countless law enforcement officers, family members and volunteers were searching for your children. And I don't think to this day you have any remorse for the effort and heartache you caused for others who looked for your children when you knew where they were and knew they were dead. They were found dead, burned, mutilated and dismembered and buried like animals. After you knew they were dead, you collected public funded assistance payments meant for them. And that was blood money you kept for yourself. And that's the grand theft charge you've been convicted of. Your sister, your son talked to you, begged with you while you were in the jail during phone calls I heard at trial. And those were very sad and difficult calls to hear. And you didn't provide any assistance or comfort to them. During the trial, when the evidence came out about how these children were found in the state they were in, you wanted to be excused and not have to watch the evidence and we're fine to let all the other people in the courtroom, including the jurors, have to bear through that. However, I ruled that you did have to sit and watch and see the result of your heinous crimes. The jurors in your case fulfilled their duty admirably. All 18 jurors we had, because we had alternates, went through the entire trial and faithfully fulfilled all their obligations and all the instructions. So we were able to get impartial jurors who weren't already tainted by pretrial publicity to decide your case. And I do thank the jurors publicly for the service they rendered. Those jurors I noted during the trial were very good at keeping their emotions in check and keeping stone-faced as they're supposed to do and be objective until the case is done and submitted. However, I did note at certain times during the trial, such as when there were videos and pictures shown of you in Hawaii at this time frame when JJ and Tylee were lying in shallow graves, the disgust on the faces of those jurors was evident and shocking revelations about what happened here just kept coming through the trial. The crime scene was a horrific thing to have to review. And there's images that I will never get out of my mind. And I'm just looking at the pictures, law enforcement officers who had to deal with the aftermath of what you did, I'm sure were traumatized. And I know it was traumatic as well for the jurors who had to sit through and see the photographs of these dead and mutilated and buried children. For those people who loved and cared about JJ and Tylee and Tammy Daybell, 
to have to see those photographs of them through trial of their dead and desecrated bodies must have been devastating. Tammy Daybell was murdered as a result of your conspiracy. She was by all accounts, a healthy, happy mother and wife through a lot of her life. And you were out shopping for wedding rings to marry her husband while she was still alive. You were planning a wedding to her husband while she was still alive. You haven't shown any remorse for any of those actions. And she ended up being murdered, buried, had to be disinterred later so an autopsy could be performed in order to prove the evidence of what you had done. She didn't deserve any of that. You took her life away. You destroyed that family, fractured it to the point where in the information I've had through the PSI, there are relationships that will probably never be mended that have rippled as a result of what's happened. JJ and Kylie, of course, seven years old, 16 years old, were separate people whose lives were cut way too short because of you, never got to grow up and be adults. The family and friends who have provided their impact statements, of course, have stated it better than I could about who they were. And it is a loss for everyone that you took them away from this world. And it is the most shocking thing, really, I can imagine, is that a mother killed her own children and you simply have no remorse for it. Even sitting here today, there's no remorse for what you did. After all of this evidence through trial, you haven't shown any remorse. You haven't said you're sorry. You haven't done anything to seek leniency from this court. There's been a lot of people during trial and here who have explained the devastation you're responsible for and you've forever altered the lives not in a good way for many, many people, destroying family relationships, taking people away that were loved, cared for, and needed. You may not believe to this day that you've done anything wrong and you still may think you're justified by your religious beliefs for what happened here. I'm not here to judge that, but I don't believe that any God in any religion would want to have, have this happen, what happened here. And your crimes are heinous and egregious, and that alone can constitute a major aggravating factor that requires me to impose a serious length of incarceration. So after weighing all those factors, I need to in aggravation, I find that the sentences I'm about to impose will serve the interest of justice by number one, preventing you from ever doing this again, that they will not depreciate the seriousness of your crimes, will punish you appropriately and will serve to deter both you and others. So that concludes the aggravating factors the court considered. At this time then, I am prepared to pronounce sentence Mr. Thomas, Mr. Archibald, and the defendant, would you please rise for the pronouncement of sentence? Based on all the relevant circumstances, including the evidence and recommendations presented in court today, it's the judgment of this court. Ms. Fallow, you'll be sentenced as follows.
I'll first note I'm going to take up the counts out of order as I want to address the substantive murder sentences first. So on count two, the charge you were convicted of, the, the first degree murder of Tylee Ryan, you are sentenced to the custody of the State Board of Corrections to serve the maximum allowed sentence of fixed determinate term of life imprisonment with no possibility of parole. On count four, the charge of the first degree murder of Joshua Jackson Vallow, you are sentenced to the custody of the State Board of Corrections to serve the maximum allowed sentence, a fixed determinate life imprisonment sentence with no possibility of parole. I'll next address the three conspiracy counts you've been convicted of and note under Idaho Code 1817-01, the punishment for those crimes is the same as the underlying offenses you combine to commit. One of the offenses you combined to commit was first degree murder, so those may be punishable also by imprisonment for life. When I look at what the appropriate sentences should be for the conspiracy charges, at first I wondered if they should be as long of a term or serious as the substantive murder charges. However, what I've concluded is that these conspiracy convictions merit the same grave punishment for several reasons. First, the conspiracies in which you engaged in have had far reaching impacts on many people besides the deceased victims. And with what the courts heard, I am convinced that the conspiracy charges also merit the same serious sentence. So on count one, the conspiracy to commit first degree murder of Tylee Ryan and grand theft by deception, you're sentenced to the custody of the State Board of Corrections to serve the maximum allowed sentence to fixed determinate term of life imprisonment with no possibility of parole. On count three, the conspiracy to commit first degree murder of Joshua Jackson Vallow and grand theft by deception, you're sentenced to the custody of the State Board of Corrections to serve the maximum allowed sentence, a fixed determinant term of life imprisonment with no possibility of parole. And on count five, the conspiracy to commit the first degree murder of Tamara Tammy Daybell, you're sentenced to the custody of the State Board of Corrections to serve the maximum allowed sentence, a fixed determinant term of life imprisonment with no possibility of parole. Finally, the court will address count seven, which is the charge of grand theft. On that charge, court is going to sentence you to a fixed determinate term of five years of prison, followed by an indeterminate term of five years of prison for a total 10-year term of imprisonment on the grand theft. Court will next consider whether sentences should be imposed consecutively or concurrently. I generally don't, I'm a pragmatic person and I've struggled with the point of a consecutive sentence when in Idaho life sentence is just that, a life sentence without parole. And I've thought it through. However, when I looked at this case and the more I thought about it, I've determined that because there are three separate murders, with three separate victims that occurred at three separate times, then running counts concurrently would not serve the interests of justice because 
those crimes all need to be taken into account separately and distinctly and individually. And you need to be held accountable separately for each of the three murders. So on those counts, the court will run consecutively the count two murder of Tylee Ryan, consecutive to count four, the murder of Joshua Jackson Vallow, and count five will run consecutive to count two and four, the conspiracy to commit first degree murder of Tamara Tammy Daybell. So three consecutive life terms of prison. The remaining counts will be concurrent to the counts that are consecutive. The court will impose fines as requested by the state in the amount of $25,000 for all counts except the grand theft. On the grand theft, the fine will be in the amount of $1,000. court will assess the civil penalty that was requested and I find it's appropriate under Idaho code 195307 of $5,000 per victim on each of the three victims as a civil penalty. And then finally, the restitution, which was requested by the state. Mr. Wood, if you could reiterate that number 22,000 of what the restitution term is and I want to inquire if there's, if there's any other restitution being sought by the state. Thank you, Your Honor. I believe I said 22,545. And the state would ask for an additional 30 days to submit any further restitution for the victims, uh, living victims who have been deemed as such by this court. The court will assess that restitution on the grand theft charge of 22,000. $545 as shown through the evidence of trial. And the court will allow 30 days for additional restitution requests, but that will be waived if it's not submitted timely. That'll conclude the court's sentencing on the charges. Mr. Thomas, do you have any questions on the sentence? No, Your Honor, thank you. All right, Mr. Wood, do you have any questions? No, thank you. All right, counsel, before we conclude, and Ms. Vallow, importantly, I need to advise you of the rights you have now. You do have the right to appeal to the Idaho Supreme Court from this judgment of conviction, and you have a right to be represented by an attorney if you appeal. You're also advised if you can't afford an attorney, an attorney will be appointed for you at public expense, and you only have 42 days to file an appeal. You also have the right to seek relief from my judgment under Idaho Criminal Rule 35. You have 120 days to file that motion if you believe a correction or reduction of this sentence is appropriate because it was either illegal or too harsh. And finally, you may also have rights to seek relief under the Idaho Uniform Post-Conviction Relief Act. Those actions have to be filed within one year from the day your right to appeal expires. Do you understand those appellate rights? All right, she acknowledged yes. The defendant will be required to submit DNA samples upon remand to the Idaho Department of Corrections. I'll ask the attorneys to please turn in any copies of the pre-sentence investigation reports or addenda so those can be kept in confidence and additional copies will be destroyed. And Ms. Balladable, you are hereby remanded to the custody of the Sheriff of Fremont County to be delivered to the proper authorities of the Idaho Department of Corrections for execution of this sentence.
Thank you, ladies and gentlemen. That'll conclude our sentencing hearing. Well, I'm not often rendered speechless, but here we go. But you're feeling it today. Well, I was pretty damn speechless during Thomas's speech. I didn't know it could get worse. But Lori said, hold my Diet Coke. Holy shit. She sure did. My God. But boy, did she show the judge just exactly what he needed to see. Mm-hmm. Zero remorse. Yep. That was amazing. Yep. It's going to take me a long time to fully process what Thomas and Lori both said. And I'm sure we mm-hmm. will cover it specifically in an episode. Definitely. So yeah. Because it, it was really fucked. The thing you have to know about Judge Boyce is that he is very, like he said, he's very pragmatic, he's meticulous, and so he is going to go through any mitigating factors that will apply before he goes through everything else, and that is all it took. Mm -hmm. I I know you all were worried. I was not worried because we've watched watched him many times, and this is what he does. He goes through everything. And that's what we needed to see because that is unimpeachable and that's what we need. Yep. Yeah. Oh, wow. It was nice to see him finally get a chance to say what he thinks about all of this. Right. Had to sit quiet for three, more than three years now, watching this bullshit play out, watching what this fool has done without being able to say a word to her. And it's just nice to see him be able to yeah. let her have it. Had to have felt very good to him to be able to unload a little bit. But he did it in a very professional way, but he still unloaded. Oh, he did. He did. But he used your own words against her. And, you know. Yep. Yeah. Yes, Ashley, she got five counts or, or on both, all three conspiracy counts and both first degree murders. She got life imprisonment without the chance of paroles. So five consecutive sentences, which means they'll run one right after another. So Mm -hmm. that'll be uh, for the rest of her mortal life without question. And then another 10 years on the grand theft. And I'm thinking it's sounding like somewhere around $100,000 in restitution. Yeah, because they've got to figure all of that out. There's Mm -hmm. still more to figure out. Yeah. Um, But who cares? she's never getting out and that's what we want we just don't want her to be able to hurt anybody else and now there's arizona and we'll see if arizona really does do it because yeah he's put away forever uh we'll see if she pleads on those because she's put away for it we don't know i mean probably she won't based on the bullshit she spewed today all of that shit about being in contact with jesus and with tylee and jj and calling tammy her friend her dear what friend Tammy. The fuck. How dare you? And Jesus knows no murders happened. Oh my God. Yeah. That was disgusting. I All wanted the to. The family in the courtroom was absolutely biting their lips in half to Can not scream at her. How hard would it not be? Well, prisoners earn a very small amount of money for the work that they do while they're in prison. Mm -hmm. And when they have restitution like that over the years, that money will get paid. 
Mm -hmm. um, I mean, no one's expecting that there's going to be a lot of money out of her because there isn't. No. I mean, if she had an estate, but she does not. She's indigent and has been this whole time. Yeah. yeah. Right. What was the suicide reference? Right. And accidental death. So is Charles the accident? Who's the suicide? Who's yeah. the, um, the, the drug interaction? That's Tammy because they tried to use that Tammy used to take Prozac as a reason why, you know, mm -hmm. she died, which is absolutely ridiculous. Mm -hmm. Oh, Alex. Maybe it was about Alex. Good point. That's what I wondered is if that was Alex. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And all the shit about hope and love out of Thomas. I mean, he love could have gone a lot of ways with goodness. that. Yeah. That was the wrong fucking way to go, especially mm -hmm. after the shit she said. And referencing Heavenly Father. Shut yeah. up. Dude, your religion has nothing to do with your job, you dumb ass. But I mean, guys, welcome to where we live. Not uncommon they, at all. That's kind of speech. Shit yeah. like this is said in courtrooms every single day. Yeah. Still, though, knock it off. Well, and Tylee and the pancreatitis, there was great suspicion among the uh, guardian, ad, guardian ad litem that Tylee had that Lori was causing her pancreatitis. Yeah. Yeah. Lori created so much stress in that kid's life and so much stress around her weight and appearance that she literally made herself sick. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? And yep. yeah, you thought she was not Bible religion. Well, Mormons do believe in the Bible. They also mm -hmm. have their own scriptures, but Mormons do follow, follow the Bible yep. as well. Um, oh, yeah. Pancreatitis is horrifically painful. Yeah. Yeah. Munchausen. Yeah. I've wondered about that for a long time, Betsy, having read some of the stuff that came out of that time that she spent in a hospital that Tylee spent in a hospital in Texas. And she was assigned a guardian ad litem. And there was a period of time in which there were actually video cameras placed in her home, required to be placed in her home, so that they could observe her parenting Tylee. Yeah. Right, yeah. JJ wrapped himself in duct tape and killed himself. And then after that, buried himself. Tylee yeah. burned and dismembered her own body and then buried herself. Like, yeah. Jesus Christ, lady. Uh, that, that couldn't have been worse. I mean, I shouldn't say that. It could always be probably worse, but that was shocking. It really was. It really she didn't do herself was. any I mean, favors with the judge, that's for sure. She did not, and she did not show any remorse. She was not sad that any of this happened other than, you know, it. I've grieved. I've grieved. Fuck off. No, you haven't. Yeah. And, I, you know, I just, I didn't want to come back. When I had my near-death experience, which who's ever heard of that story before? Nobody. Mm. Um, well, then maybe you should have just gone, lady, because all these people would still be alive. Mm -hmm. um, busy in the afterlife is kind of a Mormon thing. Oh, yes. yeah. That there yes. are jobs to be done. Mm-hmm. Yes, she wanted to be a victim, too. And John Thomas just came to the edge of that, of saying mm -hmm. that without saying it. And I thought yeah. that was the grossest thing ever. Do you think she'll be smiling? I doubt it. But maybe she's going to hold up her 
facade, she usually leaves these things not smiling. She comes in smiling and then isn't after. Mm-hmm. Nah, who knows? And maybe she's having a fight with her attorneys in the hall. That could be it, too. However... Yeah, she might be refusing to do anything right now. Real glad to hear the judge ask her and make her say, have you been happy with the uh, representation you've had? Let's get that on record. Yep. Yeah. Yeah, I was glad that he said that, too, and made her answer that. Oh, no. There, for uh, conspiracy in Arizona, there's no death penalty. No. It's their, their laws are a little different than Idaho's when it comes to conspiracy. Yeah, no. Yep. Hi, Eddie. Yes, this was very intense. Welcome. Nice to have you here. This was a very intense day. Yeah. I feel like I could go take a nap after all that. Yeah, she'll have a new prison mug shot. Yep, she will. Oh, yeah, we'll see it. And then if she gets extradited to uh, Arizona, she'll have another one there, too. Yep, she will. Uh, the term hyper-religiosity came up a few times, which is mm -hmm. uh, something we've been talking, we talked about a lot with her and others. Still really sad we never got to hear from Dr. Werner. I know, me too. Oh, man, when when FOIA is available and we can get that uh, pre-sentence report, dude, we are getting that. I want to read that whole thing. I want to hear what those doctors said. We will go bananas with that. Yeah. We will. Yeah. Right? Even to the very end, she did not throw Chad under the bus. Nope. So she'll, she will never testify against him. Not ugly Chad and his stupid books. She is still sold. <laughs> Yep, she is. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I'm wondering if we ought to go, because there's going to be a lot of other interviews and stuff people want to watch. Mm -hmm. We'll let you go do that. We have a lot to process. Yes. Yes, we do. So we'll break some of this down into smaller sound bites if you want to come back and watch later, like just Lori's statement or just Thomas's statement. Yeah, so we'll we work will. on that. Yep. We'll split oh, they don't release the pre-sentence report, Fran. In the FOIA, it won't be in it? Uh, you want to just read that so badly, but it does have her medical stuff in it. So that's probably why orange probably. is the new storm. Well, Lori took her medicine today and that's all that really matters. Yeah. I don't think we'll have a live later. No, but we will split this video up into some pieces. So if you want to go watch individual parts there, we'll put it up all in one all in one and in individual pieces. Because I think for all of us, we want to go listen to some other, to some of the statements made. Yeah. Yep. Well, and East Idaho News is there and ready to uh, listen to, you know, get on the courthouse steps with Larry, probably Kylie's uh, aunt, uh, Annie Cushing and others. So... Yeah. yeah, we're covering Corey Richens. Yeah, yeah, we'll continue to cover Corey. I know there's a lot that's happened in that that we've missed, but we'll get on it. Yes. Yeah, it's time to look back at that. Whenever Valo gets busy, yeah. then we kind of, yeah. So is she headed to you by Pocatello? Maybe. That's that's the word on the street, but we don't really know. The Department of Justice will decide that. There's always stuff in the air. Like initially, they said she would never come back to Madison when she left for trial. Right. And then she immediately... Uh, was back at Madison. So yeah. we don't know. And we also don't know how soon Arizona might try to extradite her that maybe she won't even enter IDOC before she goes. We don't know. 
Though I yeah, think she we would. don't know. But thank you, Kathy. It's nice to have you here. We yeah. appreciate it. All righty. Well, well, what a day. What a day. I know we've all worked really hard to get to this point and just hoped for the very best. And that is what happened. Yep. No one has to be hurt by Lori Ballow ever again. And that's nope. the best of it. All righty. Well, you know it. We are the True Crime Squad. Thanks for being here. Take care. Thank <music> you.